0: Welcome, you're listening to KRDO News Radio's The Extra. And this conversation is going to be centered uh, on something that is kind of of prime importance around the holidays, but certainly it can be applicable any time of the year. And we're talking about how to put the brakes on out-of-control spending, how to make sure that you are watching over your financials and your budget to make sure that you don't overextend yourself, which is something that I think a lot of families uh, do, and experience and then are paying for and regretting the rest of the year. So we're joined today by local financial planner, and he's been on our show before. So we're so pleased to have him back as welcome and repeat guest, Dave Geffrey. Dave, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here today.
0: If you had to say one thing about your uh, theory or attitude towards spending, toward money, what would it be?
1: I would say that in today's world, we have a tendency to overspend on the income that we bring in. And so bringing that under control is an extremely important element as we go into the Christmas season here and the, uh, into 2023 and setting our financial goals.
0: And it re- can really uh, spill over beyond just the financial. It can affect our, our, our mental well-being and our physical well-being as well.
1: That is so true, yes. And I'm very privileged to work with a company here in town that believes in just that, that you know, our financial wealth is just one element of our whole being, that there's elements of our social life, our, um, our physical you know, how we are physically, and our intelligence, and and all the other things that impact us, thinking of kind of like a rainbow. If our wealth is a rainbow, then financial wealth is just one piece of that. So you're absolutely right that it's, it's wealth just goes into so many different factors in our life.
0: Now, there were uh, a lot of fears uh, going into, for instance, uh, Black Friday, that spending would be down. And in fact, the results came back and and it was up. Uh, But with that also come reports that uh, uh, borrowing is up. Is that the temptation over the holiday season?
1: It is for many folks, because we're battling so many different fronts. We're battling the inflation that's taken place over the last several months and continuing to go on for a little while here, and we're finding that people's money that they have to spend, that their income that they have to spend, is is being eaten up by uh, you know seven and eight percent inflation rate this year. So absolutely true that that what folks are doing is they're putting the money on, I'm sorry, they're putting their purchases on on credit cards and borrowing. Um, instead of really what I think needs to be done is looking at the whole budget and seeing how we can, how we can take a look at things to stay within the spending, even though we're fighting the inflation.
0: In two uh, adult households, uh, whether they're parents or not, is it difficult to regulate that because you basically have two uh, individual wills uh, that sometimes go with their own speed and own rate and own ideas when it comes to spending versus saving versus budgeting?
1: yes and that's i see that all the time with with couples whether they're married or partners whatever relationship is that they all they each have their own spending patterns they each have their own spending money they both bring in two incomes um but they don't necessarily bring the incomes together which is you know it can be done either way it doesn't matter but the big element that we need to have happen is just having the conversations having conversations to make sure that we're meeting the financial goals that we're trying to meet no matter how a couple might spend or pull their money together. The conversation about going in the same direction with your money becomes very, very important.
0: How how would you suggest uh, opening up a conversation like that? Because the instant, uh, for instance, I can say in my own relationship, the instant that I mention, hey, we need to talk about the budget, you know, the defenses go up and there's really no interest in uh, continuing in the conversation.
1: Yep, and that is very, very common. Uh, in fact, many of the many of the clients that I have, when the the spouse will tell me that when I speak with my spouse, it becomes a fight, it becomes a discussion, and it's better just to be avoided. So, one of the things I recommend would be to find a money coach. I'm one of them. To find a money coach that can help you out, that can be the mediator, or or if you will, the independent party that just talks through it. One thing I would say about the budget is. She loves to spend on her things. He loves to spend on his things. So when you bring the budget together, start with those elements so that those don't end up off the budget. Budget has gotten a bad name over the years, meaning that people feel that a budget have to give up something. I say let's put the things that each of you love on the table first, and then let's work the rest of the budget around that. That way you're not giving up anything, but you're actually gaining more by pulling together as a unit.
0: Right. And, and that can help uh, strengthen a relationship right there and then. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation uh, with Mr. Geoffrey as uh, he is uh, enlightening us on how to uh, make sure that we're not going overboard, getting drunk on our holiday spending and having a hangover to deal with in the new year. And again, our guest today, for those who weren't here for the introduction, Dave Geoffrey, who runs the personal budget services biz- business called Budget With Dave, and you can go online and check it out budgetwithdave.com. And you can also reach him by phone, 719 510 2791. And when we come back, Dave, I'm going to ask you how you got your start in this because this isn't something that I'm sure a lot of people, you know, go through college and such saying, This is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to help others budget. But you are doing it now, and we're very appreciative of the advice. And the information you're giving us more of the extra when we return you're listening to KRDO news radio we're back with our guest today financial planner Dave Geffrey, who runs the personal budget service business Budget with Dave. And Dave, uh, we were talking a little while ago uh, about, you know, what you are envisioning for why it's so important for uh, families, for individuals to uh, talk about and, and set on budgets and, and deal with budgets. But what got you into this line of work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and one I'm happy to answer. So I've been helping folks probably for, well, over 20 years, helping folks to do just this, get a handle on their money. Um, Some of my military years, the young airmen, young sergeants, uh, young families would come in and say, Dave, um, I would like to move off base. I'd like to buy a house. I'd like to do those types of things, and we would sit down and work on their budget. As of late, though, the last 13 years or so, I've been uh, teaching Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's course, through our church. And uh, that's what really got me going deeper into this, because the families that would take the class, budgeting was probably the most difficult part of the whole class, and it's the foundation of the class. And so some of the families that came in, or individuals that came in and took the class, which would ask me after class, hey, can you help me with my budget? So I became a little practice to help them out with that, get that started. And as I taught it for years, um, I decided that, you know what, maybe it makes sense for me to go get certified through Dave Ramsey to be a money coach and then turn that into a business for which the niche that I wanted to get into was helping people with the foundation of their budget because it is the foundation of so much that goes on in their life is the money aspect of it.
0: Right. Uh, you know, Dave Ramsey has the mantra, live like no one else, so you can live like no one else down the road. And it certainly uh, can be applicable in a lot of families' lives. And and when you're dealing with this, I mean, is it ever too late to get a start on it, Dave?
1: Never. It is never too late. Yes, the earlier you start, the better, because you can do some long-term goals, goals a little bit differently, but it's never too late. I have clients that are in their 70s that meet with me. And and partly because they wanna balance out their fixed income with the investments they have to make sure they don't run out of money. I've got folks in their 50s that are just getting started. Um, They've got probably 10, 15 years left till they hit retirement age. Never too late to set some goals for, for, uh, for that retirement stuff. And the idea of that is with the foundation of the budget at any age, is setting the stage for what your goals are and then aligning the numbers on the budget that you can meet and work towards those goals because obviously the more time you have the more those money goals can really work for you but we know that life happens um, things change in life Um, money that we might have saved gotten spent on other things that we needed to do because life happens and it's never too late to sit down with someone and, and get things going and get things started.
0: You sound like you've been responsible with money your whole life. I, it, were there any people uh, in your circle that, uh, even before you had embrace the Dave Ramsey way, that that you would uh, see uh, making a poor spending decisions and, and trying to find a way to let them see the light?
1: Yeah, so... I'll just talk a little bit of how I grew up. I grew up with a family of 11 children, relatively poor family. I mean, it's poor meaning we didn't have a lot of money. And and my parents, like I think most parents, they didn't learn how to manage money either. So I think the trigger, part of the biggest trigger for me was that growing up, we didn't have a lot, and it just grew in my interest, if you will, to want more planning with money, knowing how money works, so it kind of, I kind of grew up with it, and then as I got married, my wife and I, we've been budgeting for many years, we've, we've built ourselves to a comfortable position through those years, and now it's just, for me, it's, it's just time to give back and, and help others do what really can happen at any age, at any phase in their life.
0: Okay. So let's talk about, uh, maybe you're not at a stage where uh, you want to uh, find a, a budget coach like yourself. Uh, maybe you're just a listener out there. Let's talk about how we can help these people with practical uh, steps. So the first step you would say to do is what, Dave?
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's use the, let's use the Ramsey philosophy here. And the first step uh, in with anybody is to start by looking at an emergency fund of a minimum of $1,000. If you're a homeowner, I like to see that go up to two or $3,000, but get as the foundation, get that emergency money built um, and, and created it because it's amazing how many emergencies go away when you have emergency money to take care of that. And so that would be step number one, I would say, if we start there.
0: Circling back, how do you even start to have that conversation? Maybe you're not the uh, person who's controlling the purse strings in the family. How do you get to that conversation? Or maybe you are. I mean, what do you do to say, no, we can't go out to dinner five times a week. We need to start saving and putting money in an emergency fund.
1: Yep. So you've, you've hit it. The first part of it is you have to start thinking differently about the whole household and then money management there. Now that's a hard conversation to have. So I tell folks, look, to start this whole process, determine what the take-home pay is for the entire household. And you think, well, most people must know what their take-home pay is in the household. I'll tell you, it's surprising how many people don't because the wife brings in an income, the spouse brings in an income, and but they don't get paid at the same time. Some get paid once a month, some get paid twice a month, some get paid every two weeks. And, and they each spend their own way. So they don't know what the full household income is. So start with what the income is in the house. Then start with the what I would call the top things that you do first. Pay yourself first. First, um, are you giving money to charity? Put your charitable money aside. That Start with that. And then get that emergency money set aside. And if you're doing any other savings, that comes first. So income, then you're giving, or you know, you're know, um, saving, I should say. So income, then saving, and then now you start looking at the whole budget. And the next part of the budget, after that, um, after you know what your income is, after you know what your savings is, the next part is look at the things that we have to pay for if one of us would lose our job or if money would start getting tight. And that, again, this is the Ramsey philosophy. Start taking care of what he calls the four walls. Make sure you've got your money for your rent or your mortgage for your groceries, for your transportation, for your clothing. Make sure that those items get paid. The rest of it is your discretionary money. Do you have to have internet in the house? Do you have to have cable TV in the house? Do you have to have all those streaming programs? Do you have to go out to dine a lot? uh, lot? Those are the discretionary things that can, can help filter the money in different ways through different thinking for the entire planning of the whole, if you will, the whole picture of the budget.
0: Right. And when you start talking about streaming, I mean, uh, so many of us have multiple streaming services now, the subscriptions that we don't even realize are coming out of our bank accounts, you know, until if you really started to add it up, I mean, it could add up to some serious money.
1: That's so true. And what happens is the marketing is very, very good at this stuff, right? So sign up for this streaming program today, sign up for this cable TV program today, and we'll throw in HBO and we'll throw in these other nice fancy great channels and these great programmings and for three months or six months. And, and they're great at that because what happens is we get used to paying the bill. We forget they're there.
0: Absolutely.
1: But we forget mm-hmm. also to go back and check where the money is going and where we could save in those areas. So that would be just probably one tip I would throw out here now is to have a look at those things that you've purchased for it. Where they've given you the free add ons if you haven't dropped those off, or you're not using them as much as you would like or should, call them back and drop those things and save some money.
0: All right. Dave, we need to take another break here. When we come back, let's uh, let's talk holiday budgeting. What should it look like? I mean, how much is enough? How much is too much? We'll talk all about that with Dave Geffrey, our local guest, a local financial planner who is helping us uh, look at the holidays uh, through the financial lens. Sometimes it's a tough lens, a tough look, uh, but it really needs to be done. That and more when the extra continues. We're back with our guest today, Dave Geffrey, who runs his own personal budget service business called Budget with Dave. You can find it online at budgetwithdave.com. You can also give him a call at 510-2791. All right, let's talk holiday spending. Do you have any particular tools or, or apps that you use, Dave? And, and do those come in handy during the, the holidays?
1: Yeah, well I don't use I don't use apps for that, but the tool that I know I use and I build into everybody's budget when I work with them is a tool that says if you can determine how much you want to spend for Christmas, and let's say that's a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, whatever that number is, take that number and divide it by the number of months left before Christmas. So thinking about twenty twenty three, Christmas twenty twenty three, if you want to spend Two thousand dollars a month on Christmas, and that includes a lot. That includes your your decorations, you're buying your Christmas cards that you're mailing out, the cost of shipping those, your Christmas gifts. Add all of that up. If it's two thousand dollars, divide that by twelve. It's about one hundred sixty-seven dollars a month. Save that starting January, February, March, and you'll have all of that money saved up for you for December. Now, 2022 is right here. We're in the month now. So you divide two thousand by by one month, you're gonna get $2,000. Now you say, where do I find that? And and I'm, I just asked all the listeners, the more you can reduce going into debt with the Christmas holiday season, the better off you are when the stress hits about the 10th of January when the credit card bills start coming in. So how do we do that? Take a look at all the different spending you have. Where can you cut? Can you cut a couple of streaming programs for the month, even, even longer than that if you can? Can you look at your dining out for the month, and can you reduce that down to almost nothing and eat at home? Can you take a grocery bill and start ordering online, for example, because I know when I go grocery shopping, as soon as I take that cart down one of the aisles, particularly the chip aisle or the cookie aisle, those things just jump into my cart. I know I don't put them there,
0: but they just jump in. <laughs> Little elves take so, care of it.
1: <laughs> yes. And so point being, if you, if you order online or go to the grocery store with a list, you can reduce the amount that you're buying, those types of things. Um, go on a spending freeze. Live your life normal a few days in the month of December and go on a two-day, three-day, five-day, even a full-week spending freeze. Don't spend any money that week. And then use that money to go to Christmas, and then again live normally the week after, so you're not again overspending on the following week. I would venture to say that many of us have a refrigerator and freezers that probably have a lot of food items that, which we just you know plan some meals, we'd probably use up some that we have without having to go to the grocery store and buy more. Again, just another way of saving some uh, money that you can start using for Christmas to minimize the amount that you wanna put into on credit cards or, or, or uh, borrow for the season. You know, another big one is is looking at utilities. Winter time, the heat's expensive, the lighting is expensive because it's darker sooner. What are things you can do to save water? Shorter showers, when you wash dishes, is it possible to turn the water off between dishes while you're putting them in the dishwasher versus leaving that water running on full stream, rinsing off the dishes? Um, the shorter showers saves a lot of water. Turning off lights when you leave a room saves a lot of electricity. Even if you're running LEDs, they still burn electricity. So there's just lots of areas in the budget you can look at by thinking a little bit differently about the budget or the money spending that you could probably save. Maybe you can't save 2000 Maybe you could save 500 Maybe you could save 1000 by doing some of the things we just talked about here.
0: Dave, is, is it if you are feeling the pinch right now as we get closer to the holidays, is it uh, acceptable socially, especially this year when inflation is hitting so many people harder to just tell people, listen, I know we normally exchange gifts, but let's plan to get together sometime in the future and do something uh, because right now is just not workable for gift giving for me right now.
1: Yep. That is that is so correct. It is the time to have those conversations. Think about what I said a minute ago. I talked about a large family I grew up in. Um, 11, 11 yes. siblings. <laughs> yeah, 11. Huge. Um, and to think about buying gifts for all my brothers and sisters. And then there's wives that or husbands that get joined in the family. And then there's nieces and nephews who join the family. It would be impossible for us to do that. So we, as a family, we talked and said, look, Let's not share Christmas gifts amongst us as family, but let's have you you spend the money that you spend on me for your family uh-huh. versus for others. So it's time to have some of the conversations around look, let's not do gifts for each other this year, but maybe we can do things like the let's do let's do dinner at each other's house four times, once a quarter next year as kind of a, a you know, kind of a gift to each other to share that way. Can you make something for them, whether it be, you know, knitting or whatever that might be, or, or baking goods and, and make that something a little more affordable than going out and spending the problem that we have. And this is why Christmas has gotten so big. I just read a report that the 2021 Christmas total combined with what people spend with over $880,000, $880 billion. Wow huge amount of money but what happens is is Shannon I buy you a gift and it's a $40 gift and then you buy me one me not knowing it for $50 the next year I got to buy you one for $60 and you got to buy me one because we keep increasing the energy a little bit because the gifts get nicer so we feel this obligation to buy it's just time to have the conversation and and the conversation is very okay to say, look, how about we just change how we do gifts this year and let's do something different and not buy for each other but do other things throughout the year to celebrate a love for each other, if you will.
0: Right, because it is all celebrating each other. That's what we're trying to do and, and trying to show our love. And And sometimes a gift is a wonderful way to show that. But uh, sometimes when you're especially watching that financial bottom line, uh, it's not necessary that your loved ones know you love them. And, and saying so or writing a short note can do the trick just as well. Uh, we have much more to talk about with Dave Geffrey. We need to take a short break right here. Again, if you would like to find out more from Dave, you can email him at budgetwithdave at gmail.com or give him a call, 510-2791, area code 719. We'll be back with more The Extra in just moments. We're back with our final segment here on The Extra, and our focus has been on looking at holiday spending perhaps a little bit differently. Uh, When you talk to uh, families and individuals, Dave, through your practice, Do you often, uh, I'm guessing that you often talk to a lot of them in the spring months because that's when you've just gotten finished, become wrapped up with the holiday spending that can get so out of control.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's not just in the spring. It's, you know, I, I would venture to say that many of the listeners are probably still paying for last year's Christmas, because if you if you're making minimum payments on a credit card, which many families are, it takes a very very long time years to pay off a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, whatever it might have been on the credit card for that Christmas, plus all the other stuff that goes on there. So it takes a long time. So I would say that you know Christmas is the most awesome time for giving. That is the ba- the essence, if you will, of Christmas and the holidays is giving, and the hardest part about it all is when the bills start coming in after you've given those great gifts. It felt great. You received great gifts. That felt great. And then you've got to go the whole year determining how it is you're going to pay off you know, the credit cards, not just Christmas, but everything else. So I would just very encourage, very much encourage folks to build a plan, find somebody that can help you with a plan if you need to, to work on taking care of paying off those debts sooner than later, putting that money back into your budget so you can manage it, and then working with setting up what I call um, saving for that rainy day or letting time be your friend. As I talked about earlier, time being your friend. Set up your Christmas budget 2023 in January so you're saving every month. We know that cars break down, set up that, that budget to have $50, whatever you can afford to set aside every month so that when you need tires for your car, that oil change, that breakdown that happens, you've got some money set up for that. Um, So it's those things that people can just think and do differently um, as they get going with rethinking how they manage and plan their money. How do you... Um, Dave Ramsey, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, you go ahead. You go ahead and finish that thought.
1: Yeah, I was, I was going to say there's, you know, Dave Ramsey always talks about, you know, if you take control of your money, you get to control where it goes, where most people wonder where it went. And when you are planning your money and when you are budgeting and when you are making a plan to pay down your debts and you're doing those um, sinking funds, Christmas you know, saving Christmas every month, saving your home repair every month, saving auto every month for those when those things happen or those breakdowns happen. When you're doing that, you're controlling what's going on with your money versus wondering where it went at the end of the month.
0: How do you get, for instance, I have a teenager, how do you get members of the family on board with this?
1: Yeah, and it's just communicating. Um, I have several clients where, you know, one of the spouses comes in and you can tell they don't want to be there. And you can tell that you know they are they're content with how things are going, or they're frustrated with how things are going, um, but don't necessarily want to talk to somebody else about it. I get that too. Um, first of all, I'll say, from my perspective, I tell families, I don't care where you where you've been with your money. I want to help you get where you want to go with your money, and that I think goes a long way. So it's just having the conversation. And if spouses, we talked about this a little earlier, if spouses can't come together to talk about it, bring in a third party to have the conversation. And it's just, and I think everyone that does this, that is in the same field that I'm in here feels the same way that we're not in this to, to help you fight more. We're in it to help you move forward together.
0: Because you touched on an interesting point and it's something that I I listen to Dave Ramsey all the time, try to live by his precepts. Uh, There are, Mm, on occasion moments where it's like it, it it's very hard not to feel judged financially decisions that we make and I'm being collective we and 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 so that is a really tough thing uh, when people are trying to budget and if they bring in an outside person I think this is a great idea bring in uh, someone who can look at things with a little bit more of a clear eye uh, but you know there is that fear I think that people have that you know my spending decisions my financial decisions what I've chosen to spend money on or chosen not to save will be be judged is that something that you encounter
1: every almost every client and and I tell folks that look I've done stupid with money too just because I'm in the business doesn't mean I haven't done stupid with money I have done I can probably match just about anybody uh, out there and so the point is, is is that is an embarrassing moment and I totally understand that but if you sit back and wait for the embarrassment to go away, it could be a long, long time, and the situation doesn't get better. So facing it now is better than facing it one or two years down the road from now. Get started now. And and I tell folks that, you know what, there isn't anybody that knows how to do money perfectly. And, and I'm I, I'm money coach. I don't do money perfectly. But I learn from every situation and go from there versus letting habits form that get in the way. And so I just wanna recommend to all your listeners that if you are stuck, if you are embarrassed, if you feel that someone's gonna judge you on uh, how you're sitting financially, I would say two things. One is a coach should never do that, and I know I never would. And I would say also that probably the people around you are already judging you and you don't even know it. So get started, have the conversation, and be the one that steps forward and says, you know what? I did some silly things. I'm embarrassed about those, but let's go forward and let's do it together.
0: Yeah. And don't wait till uh, January 1st to make that resolution. Make it right now when you could still do yeah, something I'm about ready. your holiday spending. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's always good talking with you. Uh, Dave Jeffrey, who is a financial planner, runs the local financial budgeting service, Budget with Dave, and you can find him online at budgetwithdave.com. Give him a call 510-2791 or email him at budgetwithdave at gmail.com. And Dave, uh, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you for sharing your uh, holiday message with all our listeners. And hopefully it hits home and hopefully people have a much more financially sound new year in 2023.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Shannon, to you and to all the listeners as well. And uh, I just want to wish everybody a happy, happy holiday. And let's make it a joyous one of giving, not a, not a sad one of depression and, and spending and all that. Let's, let's make it joyous.